Have you spotted the theme? It's, no, it's Christmas, that's true. Have you spotted any other theme that's been going on this morning? Old men speaking. Old men. All oh, right. I thought you meant old men speaking. Because you're right, it's true. So Ken got up to read gorgeous white hair. Spectacles. Tony got up to read gorgeous white hair. Spectacles. I've got up gorgeous white hair. Spectacles. Combined age of probably 200 years, which is nearly going back to the nativity in the first place. And the three of us will be opening our separate Santa booths just at the end of the meeting when you're having your mince pies. Okay. Can anybody tell me <clears throat> what this is? It's an old mobile phone. So for those of you who are less than 20-ish years old, you'd have no idea what that was. It could be a lethal weapon as far as you're concerned. This is a Sony Ericsson A1018S. It was amazing at the time. Baby Jesus. Um, it was amazing. I mean, it wasn't the, the kind of oldest mobile phone I could get my hands on, but, but this is the first one we ever got, and I kept it for some strange reason. Binned all the rest, but I've kept it, and miraculously, I could find it when I needed it as well, which is more, uh, even more incredible. But you know, this little device meant that you could ring people when you weren't at home when you were outside walking around. It was incredible. Not only that, you could keep all of the, your contacts on the phone as well. All of the numbers, you didn't have to go looking in a book. You kept it on this. And even more incredibly, you could write messages to people. It's amazing. You wouldn't believe it, would you, really? You could write messages to people while you didn't have a pen and paper. And you were walking, you could talk to people without actually using your mouth. You had to navigate the fact that under the number two button, there was the A, B, and C letters, and under the number three button, there was the D, E, and F letters as well. And so it did take you about three and a half hours to say, I'll be home in 30 minutes, just because you had to write about 15 times and work out where the delete button was, and then you realize you switch the phone off. Anyway, and this particular model came amazingly. You could unscrew the aerial. That bit of functionality I could never work out and still can't. Why? Except perhaps packaging, or you'd lose it and you'd have to buy a new one. That was our first ever family mobile phone. But now we have these. And everybody knows what one of these is. So here are two incredible facts while you're thinking, well, I'm assuming it's a mobile phone, by the way. Mobile phone, mobile phone, mobile phone. This phone I've got in my hand and the ones that you've got in your pocket 
has more processing power than all the computers that NASA used put together to land a man on the moon. By 100,000 times. Think about that for a second. In fact, this mobile phone here has more computer processing power than existed in the whole world in 1969. I mean, that is an extraordinary fact, isn't it? Or two facts. So why is it that we can often get so frustrated with our phones? Or are we the only ones? Or is Maria the only person who gets frustrated with her mobile phone? You have to do app updates. Yeah, people can't help but tinker around with trying to modernize them more. I was very happy with my train app because it allowed me to open a screen, see how many trains were arriving, whether on time at any station. They've updated the app so you can only ever see like two trains at a time. Who in their right mind would think that was progress? But you have to update the app because the other one didn't work anymore. Sometimes you can't get a good enough signal to have a conversation. I can't ever remember that being the case with this phone here, but um, perhaps um, thinking about that in their slightly rose-tinted grey-head spectacles. Sometimes you have to perform incredibly technical maneuver, which involves switching your phone off, waiting for 30 seconds, and then switching it back on again. Uh, oh, <laughs> Stu, are you here? <laughs> Keep it short, he says. <laughs> nice one. He can say that, you see, because he, he, he's got very fine hair, not, not grey like mine at all. Um, so where was I before Stu interrupted me? There we go. Yeah, we're switching it off, switching it on. But most of all, for those who are Apple users, some of the most uh, frustrating things are software updates. You begin to wonder, is my phone still going to work? Will everything still be in the right place? Will all my WhatsApp pictures still be there when I transfer everything somehow seamlessly by putting this phone next to that phone? It just transfers. Is it all going to be okay? Is it actually going to reduce the effectiveness of my phone? Because we've had that in the past. If you don't change your phone handset as often as you should, you start updating it to the modern version and you find that it's not as good as the previous one. Technology is amazing. We think we're so clever. We think we're discovering things, um, creating things all the time. But do you know what? God is the only one really who creates. I think we just discover what is already there. It's just we don't know it yet. We're great discoverers. I don't think we create too much. Recently, the point is, a while back, not so very long ago, we had to do a software update both on our phones and our computer. And I looked down at the message says, software update required. And I just felt God 
dropped something into my heart and my mind and said, do you know, I never need to do that. I never need to update my plan for you. I never have to rethink because I didn't think of something in the future. I didn't anticipate what you might need. I didn't, I wasn't caught unawares. I wasn't blindsided by something else that came along and actually caused me to have to think about what I have done for you. God says, I don't need to do any software updates. My love for you is perfect. So when the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, which is what Christmas is all about, that plan of love was perfect from the start, perfect from the beginning. His love is perfect. There are no glitches, no programming problems. So the question at this Christmas is, do you know God's love for you? Have you given your heart to that perfect love of God? His grace is perfect. What does grace mean? Grace means receiving so many things that we don't deserve. You know, when we see Santa and Tony and Ken and myself would be asking all the children these questions at the end of the meeting. Have you been good this year? Like the video has just said, have you been good? Yes, I've been good. Yes, I've been good. I was chatting with Phil um, uh, last week or the week before. He said he had to be Santa for a, a little stand-in. Stand-in Santa. Couldn't think of a better Santa than Phil, really. Um, uh, less hair than the three of us, obviously, but we won't go into that. Anyway, and he said this little lad, he said, have you been good this year? And the boy went, hmm. <laughs> you know, a path opens up for those who are honest. Good for him, because of course, yes, I've been good. You know, we don't have to be good for God to pour his grace into our lives. What we have to be is responsive to his, his love in the first place. His love is perfect, his grace is perfect, and his forgiveness for you is perfect. Christmas was the start of the story of God's incredible plan of love and rescue for us, rescue for humanity, perfectly conceived, perfectly executed for all time, never to be changed. Not like your phone, you're not gonna need a new, new plan. It's not gonna be updated, He's just speaking every moment of every day. And the question I'd like to ask you this morning is, are you listening? In the space of it all, Christmas isn't just about having turkey, buying gifts, going to the sales. It's about God saying, those of you who don't know him this morning, it's time to come home. <laughs>